For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network. And we are brought to you by Bet Online, the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds in the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget, Major League Baseball is back as well. Bet Online, your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. Super easy to get started. Head to the website today. And use our promo code BLEAV. That's B-L-E-A-V. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's bet online. It's where the game starts. And Kyle, happy draft day number two to you. Happy day two of the 2022 NFL draft. We certainly had a good time with night one, which you know we, we turned to each other about two-thirds of the way through last night and we said was that the craziest stretch of draft picks that we've been a part of sharing together and I think our collective answer was yes as far as the chaos that was brought from picks 11 through 32 yeah 30 yeah. <laughs> 32 I know I know the the crazy trade flurry that happened in yeah. the teens was one thing but then then you started getting some nutty off the wall picks to go with that in the 20s. And I think that that really is illustrated with, as I look at our relative values for the players that were drafted and where they were drafted, there were no egregious reaches early. And, and relatively speaking, we thought the value that went in the first round was very good all around. But the trades, yeah. and then those the, the, the Quay Walker over Devin Lloyd and Devin Lloyd getting up, uh, with Jacksonville in front of New England and then New England's reaction to that, there was just like so many different moments last night that was just one after the next. Yeah, it's really fun. And uh, we're going to talk about some of those big moments today. But one thing I want to say here right off the bat is the next two weeks on the podcast is going to be re- recap heavy. And so if we don't talk about every single pick today, we are going to get to your team and your picks here in the coming week. So uh, we're hitting highlights today, but you know the deep dives are definitely coming. Chris is already mad. Chris is over here. You're spoiling the content for the next two weeks. That's actually not true, but I can feel maybe you thought that. You can you can give away whatever you want, Joe. You are well within your right to tease all of the content that we Oh, as long as I tease, draft. I just can't give it just away. Don't give it away. Yeah, right. As long as you tease, that's right. that's very much okay. So where do we start, Kyle? Like, I mean, like you said, the first 10 picks, I don't think anything was overly surprising. It, it kind of went serve but then the surprises did start to come with that Saints move up the board to to go get Chris Olavia we said the Saints need an offensive tackle they need a wide receiver and my goodness to come out of this thing with Chris Olave who I has number two receiver in the class I think you did as well 
and to get Trevor Penning, one of the top four offensive tackles in this draft, while they all got snatched up pick quick, right? We saw a tackle run, we saw a receiver run, and the Saints said, okay, well, no, no, we're, we're going to come out of this with two impact players at those positions. And now you look at the Saints team, and, and you're really excited about Jameis Winston coming back healthy, and a, a group overall that is a talented roster. You know, I think the Saints are right in it when it comes to, okay, playoff contender in the NFC. Yeah, and the point that we made on the, the show last night was, you know, they're a team that plays Tampa Bay very well, yeah. too. So now you've got more balance on your offense to play everybody else uh, more competitively as well. And uh, there's no doubt that at this point, Trevor Penning is a downgrade to Teron Armstead. It wouldn't be fair to compare him to Teron Armstead at right. this point, but he's an upgrade over what else they were going to be able to work with there. And Chris Olave is the vertical receiver to complement Jameis Winston. Is that you got to be thrilled if you're Chris Olave, right? Like, what a perfect environment for you to go to. Somebody who can catch the ball out of the backfield. So yeah. there is a really strong offensive line there at your disposal. You feel like they're going to be able to pass pro. Two really good fits for yeah. New Orleans and, and their uh, strategy in which they have you know, kind of pushed their chips in and said, we're, we're going to try to make a splash again this year. Michael Thomas back as well to really kind of carve up the underneath stuff. And so like the ways that offense can attack you. And now from left to right, you just feel good about this offensive line. Big physical dudes are going to be able to run the football and really build everything off of that. So I like what the Saints are able to get done. So I, I brought that up. I'll, I'll defer to you to where you want to go next. Uh, obviously, there were a ton of teams that picked multiple times yeah. in the first round. And I think nine were, of them. Yes, nine of them. But there were several teams that came away with multiple top 15 players in our rankings this year. Baltimore was one. The Jets were another. Uh, and the Giants had two of the, our top six players. Detroit. Detroit as well. Like Four different teams that there were the haves and there were the have-nots. And it was the kind of the... It was a more extreme version of what we thought we were going to get last year, where when there was the uncertainty with the COVID year, and some teams were going to be like, we're going to punt, right? Well, now we get into this year, and it's a little bit more the relative value at the top of the board from a team-specific standpoint. There was It was pretty lean. So there were teams that were like, we're getting out, and there were teams that said, we're going in. And to see the teams that committed to going in and what they were able to accomplish relative to how we feel about the class, I think those those teams have done very, very well for themselves early on. I, I, we got to talk about the Baltimore Ravens, Kyle. Of course we I do. Mean, goodness gracious. Why would we not talk so about the Baltimore Ravens? Before we talk about their draft picks, let's just talk about how much better they're going to be because they have Morgan Moses at right tackle, Marcus Williams at safety. Their players are back and healthy. Ronnie Stanley, Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Marcus Peters, all back and healthy. And now they got Kyle Hamilton. Safety Notre Dame, who is TDN's number one player in this class. And then they also come away with Tyler Linderbaum to replace Bradley Bozeman it's at center so with a guy with dumb. incredible range. Wait, wait, I'm not done. They've got eight picks between picks 41 and 145. Six fourth-round picks. Kyle, this team's going to get more added so to this roster. Dumb. Go be aggressive. Go get a guy. You For know? sure. Go get multiple guys with that much draft capital. The, the ability to come into this draft with 14 and leave oh my God. with Hamilton, Linderbaum, 
what a hell of a job by Eric DaCosta. Crushing it. And you, you, okay, you gave up Hollywood Brown. I'm sorry. Whoop-de-doo. Right. Could not care less that you do not have Hollywood Brown. Because you're going to have to pay him, right? You're not going to have, you're either going to have to commit money to him. I wouldn't pay him. Well, hey, bingo. Right. So get a one. Yeah, Hollywood and a three for a one. They also pick 13th tonight. You're telling me with one of those picks with the receivers that are available, right. they can't get somebody that fits what they want Matthew to do? Matthew Watson. Skymore sure. still out there. You know what I'm saying? Like they, Imagine they, Skymore and Bateman. Right. With they have the, Tylen Wallace, who's like a nice player. The vertical Crochet, guy. Duvernay. Like, yep. Oh, the Baltimore Ravens got to feel good about everything right now. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they certainly are going to find much more life than what they had in the back half of this past season when they really struggled with injuries and, and they fell apart, quite frankly, down the stretch. And understandably so with the amount of injuries that yeah. they, they incurred. How about A.J. Brown? Huh. New Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver A.J. Brown. And like, okay, I think you did reasonably well with the trade to get it done. But what I take great exception with from the Tennessee Titans side of things is A.J. Brown said, if you would have paid me $22 million per year out of state, Tennessee was offering... 16? 22 for A.J. Brown's good. Correct. 16 is a slap in the face. In this wide receiver market in that this, we've seen this offseason. In last year's wide receiver market, you're offering A.J. Brown less than what Kenny Galladay got paid? Go F yourself, John Robinson. If, if I'm A.J. Brown, that's what I'm saying on the phone. 22 Get the is hell out of here. Right. I, he said, I'd have taken the hometown discount to stay. And you gave him 16? And what did he end up getting? He got 20? He got 25 per. He got a four-year extension with $100 million and $57 million in guarantees. Which is still reasonable. Right. Correct for a young player with his skill set. It's unbelievable that they were that far apart and Tennessee's offer was that insulting. But they got Traylon Burks, though, Kyle. Thank goodness gracious we got Traylon Burks. We thought they needed a receiver to go with Brown and Robert <laughs> Woods. I mean, what Tennessee, I, there's a part of me that just, okay, first of all, Tennessee has told us over the last several years that they are willing to move on from anything and anyone at any time. Right? I mean, they're cutting first-round <laughs> picks left and right, uh, cutting starters left and right saying goodbye to A.J. Brown. And I, I wonder if there is a realization within themselves that maybe this, like, nucleus that they have, or, you know, it's just kind of, it's it's run its course. They, they, they've three, last three years, you know, not being able to, you know, they're getting bounced in the playoffs. I know they went to the NFC Championship a couple years ago, but or the AFC Championships, but I just wonder if they're, they're realizing that they're kind of capped with what they have, especially with the way the AFC is evolving as a conference. And so... But AJ Brown's a young player, right? You feel like even even if you do a little reset here, that he could be a big part of the reason why you can get over the hump. And it's weird because I don't feel like we're talking enough about we're, everything here is about the the Titans and the implications of them moving on from AJ Brown. But it's like, oh, by the way, the Eagles are the team that got him, right? And he's going to help that football team and go with Devonta Smith and give Jalen Hurts everything that he needs. And they got Jordan Davis to improve that defense, and so. You know, the other side of this coin is a Philadelphia team that I think sees their opportunity in the NFC as a, a playoff team last year to you know see what they can get done. And, and they have a lot of draft capital next year as well, right? And so uh, they're, they're going to be in good shape. Uh, it just depends on Jalen Hurts. And, and if not Jalen Hurts, I think they're going to have what they need to 
um, come away with his replacement down the road. I got a question for both of you guys about Tennessee, and then if we want to move to another team, we can. This is a team that picks third tonight in the second round. Yeah. We've we've talked about this as a potential QB landing spot when they picked in the first round. They obviously didn't do that. Do they go quarterback with this pick? Are they looking for another wide receiver? Are they going to double dip and take another receiver here? What what feels likely here? Because they're picking early. They're probably going to have their choice. I think they're going to go with their quarterback. I'm you thinking do? Desmond Ritter. Yeah. Man, what a – I'm sorry, parallel move. Like the only Just replacing Ryan Tannehill with younger Ryan Tannehill? Yes. Tampa, yeah. Tampa picks first. You're not worried about them taking a quarterback, I don't think. You're worried about them moving out potentially. Right. But. Minnesota, you probably have to worry about taking a quarterback since they've dropped mm-hmm. back out. But that's it. Then you're on the clock, and then you're going to get to make your choice. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. They don't have to wait that long. They won't have to potentially go up a lot if they want to get their guy. And they need offensive line as well. Follow Lele. <laughs> for that offense. Right, yeah, you, you can see that for sure. It'd be a reach, a little bit of a reach, but, I mean, it's everybody, every team is independently – Right, coming to their own with their own grades and assessments and needs and, and criteria, and if you don't get them now, you're you won't get them, right? Like Chicago sitting there behind you potentially, and they took Larry Borum in the fifth round. Like you don't think they'd probably be licking their chops to to continue to get better with players of the same stature and physicality, like sure, because they need all the offensive line that they can help or all the offensive help that they can get. So on the line, what other teams, Joe? Detroit Lions. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson at two, I think is the best player in the class. Uh, a guy that's just going to come in and be everything that you want from a football perspective on the field, but you know, just the way he's wired in his DNA and how he can impact the culture that Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes are trying to build. But then to have pick 32 and, and the trade that they were able to to make to come way up. And he, not give no, anything No, I up. was like, what? How did they pull this off? Like, it was 32, 34, and like a early four for 12, and then like a three? You think I got a pick in the 60s? For Jamison Williams, yeah. wide receiver one, a skill set like uh, unlike any other in this class in terms of vertical ability, yards after catch. Man, I, I like I like the talent they've been able to add in their first two drafts over uh, you know with Brad Holmes and they're not done, man. They still got a bunch of picks coming up, and so this this nucleus in Detroit is really interesting. I like the leadership of this team and and where it's trending. But to to come away with those two players, you know, I, I and I've said that I say this every year. Like sometimes we have a tendency to over reward players that had multiple first round picks because of course. They're going to be the winners of the draft because they had more cracks at high picks. But to get a player like Jamison Williams, when your pick was at 32, to, to execute the trade that you did and to get him, I think that's where I can really get on board. I love what the Giants did, right? Avenil, Kayvon Thibodeau, they picked five and seven. Right. Life's a little you easier to get players. Right. Yeah, you better. You, you better do your job. Like you, you, you better get some good top 10 values if you're picking there. Uh, by the way, it was 32, 34, and 66. 66. For 12... And 46. They oh got my 46 God. back I, in the oh, I, How did they get 46 <laughs> back? How? Uh, I, I gave Minnesota too much credit. I was yeah. like, oh, they sent a three back. No. 46, a top 56. 50 pick. 12 they, and 46 they, for 32, 34, and 66. So they, division trade. Hold on. They moved up more spots in the first than they moved 
<laughs> back in the second at the expense of a three. I can't. Do I have to do math? I don't know. Bro, I can't. We saw the... This, I, I, I always go back to this, and I always will forever, so just get used to it. The Saints, to move from 27 to 14, gave up a go. one and a five. Here we go. A one and a five. 27 to 14. And you went from 30, you went up 20 spots and moved back like 14 spots in the second round of the Can't. Thing. I can't. Killing it. My king, Brad Holmes. Right. Can we have a, a moment on the podcast for just one more time for Joseph Marino to say what he wants to say about the Carolina Panthers? Because yeah. it's the last. I well, know you, you did it on the live show. He's going to have to do it two years in a row. It, yeah. Fine, but the Carolina. But I feel as if you're going to be able to say this, and this is going to be the last time you're going to have to say it with what they did at number six. So I wanted to be yeah. on the Draft Dudes yeah. podcast feed ledger. <laughs> the Carolina Panthers have had a different primary starting left tackle in every season since Jordan Gross retired. We believe that changed with last night. The three, I, the, the people in this room certainly believe that. I'm getting chills. I, I, I look, look at that. Like you can see I'm getting chills. Like to, For them to sit there at six and have their pick of offensive tackles and to come away with Iki Iquanu, NC State, Grew up in the Charlotte area, sat in the chairs that we're sitting in right now, two days before the draft, and told us, yeah, he grew up a Carolina Panthers fan. What an opportunity for him in Carolina to be that dude, to lock down that left tackle position in his his hometown, solve a major issue that's been longstanding for a decade in Carolina, and get a player that I think you know, we got a chance to spend legitimate time with him. He's going to be one of those culture changers and pillars of the organization. Do we want to talk about what happened with the former kings of the AFC East? <laughs> it's kind of strange, very, wasn't it? It was, it was really, really strange. strange. Yeah. It was very strange. It's very strange. Okay. Seriously. <laughs> I can talk about it from a production standpoint behind the scenes of yeah, doing the show that's, last that's night. That's fun. Let's do that's that. That's a fun little... Sn- so, everybody who obviously enjoyed the draft show last night, you got to see Kyle and Joe and the entire TDN scouting staff doing their work. Well, the graphics that you see on screen are run behind the scenes by myself, Jamie Eisner, uh, Henry Johnston, who's part of our production team. The three of us are working in tandem to get this information to you guys in real time so you can react to it. So, the way it worked is Jamie was inputting the pick into our system, and then we were doing quality control checks to make sure okay everything's ready to go boom we tell Kyle the pick Kyle goes over to the board conversation reaction well we've been rolling along picks had been coming in okay Charles Cross at nine Drake Lennon things feel good everything's looking great trades were working just fine Jamie puts the Cole Strange pick in and I see it in the, in the sheet and I turn to him I said you're sure right like you're, <laughs> like you're positive about this because we're gonna go with this here if you tell me we're good we're gonna go live with this he goes Nope, we're good. I said, okay, fire away. And then you saw the chaos on the broadcast uh, of Brentley's reactions. You, you heard, I, I, you can go back. Dre's talking. I laughed out loud. I, <laughs> like that kind of <laughs> It was pretty much what you just did. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah. As I'm like processing, like, <laughs> here it is. I'm going to let Dre finish talking and wait for Jamie to come in and say, no, hold on. That was a mistake. Oh, no, we, we. And then it didn't come. So I had the same internal monologue that we were having. That you guys were having <laughs> behind the scenes. I was having in my I head said it out loud. In the chair. I said, Jamie. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, hey, are you sure? And we're I'm like, like yeah. I know we're live, but Jamie, we good here? You're like. So 
the team trades back from 21 to 29. And remember why we think they did that. Yep. Linebacker. We thought they wanted Quay Walker or Devin Lloyd, and they felt like they would get either at 29. Well, they got out, and Green Bay said, yeah, bet. We'll take Quay Walker right here at 22. And then? And then the Jaguars traded up two spots in front to draft Devin Lloyd <laughs> at 27 from 33. They got up with Tampa Bay. So, as we are processing that maneuver, we've been sitting here talking about the departure of Ted Karrison free agency and Shaq Mason Trading, trade. And yeah. so it's, okay, like... Michael and Wayne, you was a reasonable player in 2020, like kind of took a back seat last year. Maybe he's going to step back into a, a spot on the line. You still have David Andrews. Your tackles are in place. You brought back Trent Brown. Okay. Like you're going to pivot and, and use your depth. They drafted Ted Karras's replacement last night, as far as I'm concerned. And Cole Strange can ultimately be a very, very good football right. player. And we think he will be a good football player because we both like him a lot. We do. I think he'll be a good starter. But if there's not a more damning clip out there than Sean McVay's reaction to that, <laughs> right. pick, you, you couldn't find one for me. Here we are wasting our time thinking we can we get him at guy. 104. Yeah. Could, like, he knew he was live. Like, you, apparently, you couldn't have gotten him at 44, let alone 104. Right. Joke's on us. And, and yeah, like you, you, we kind of talked about this earlier today off record and it's like, and I said, and I said to you, I said, you know, the thing about Cole Strange is I bet he's going to be a good starter. But it, it, the point being that it's just, it, you said it, it, this is just not appropriate. This is, this is not an appropriate allocation of that resource. The um, Patriots beat is in shambles over this, by the way. What well, hasn't been a good Which they've been in shambles for three years because well, they don't know how to cover a team that's not Tom Brady led. Ben Volan of the Boston Globe once feared the Patriots are now a laughing stock. Because Describes the Patriots as a laughing stock. Cole Strange could make 10 Pro Bowls. That's not the point. This was still a terrible pick. And an offensive uh, lineman who makes 10 Pro Bowls, yeah, I, I would He gets probably, a jacket for that, right? Yeah, so. right. So you could argue you know, the semantics of that. But I think Ben's larger point I'm not a huge fan of Ben Bolin, like in his coverage. Like he used to cover the Dolphins, and he went to New England, and he's always been super snooty about it. So, like, yeah, like he's not my favorite guy in, in sports media. But at the same time, I think his larger point carries some weight here. It's that oh, that person you don't like makes a great point meme. That's how I feel about this. By because that's the exception that we take with Cole Strange. It's not that Cole Strange isn't a good football player. Is not going to be a successful NFL player. We think that is the case. I just don't think with where this team is, this is anywhere close to good process at all. No chance. This team had glaring needs at wide receiver, glaring needs in their front seven. I said in the broadcast last night, they had two major problems, building around Mac Jones and giving him the weapons that he needs. And then what are they going to do about their Josh Allen problem? Cole Strange doesn't help either of those things. And this is a team that, Found a little bit of momentum in the middle of the season last year, but the more it became reliant on Mac Jones, the more issues that football team had winning games. And I just have a hard time processing all of this and seeing the vision. And, you know, Belichick doesn't get the benefit of the doubt because look at his draft classes over the last five years. 
And look what he's done in free agency. Right. Like his roster has not been constructed this isn't, well over the last couple right. of seasons. This isn't Bill Belichick's the GOAT and Bill we trust. That's It's not that at all. And I think the, the Cole Strange pick this year is is the culmination of what has been a bad offseason. You have reminded me at every turn. They lost their best player on offense. They lost their best player on defense in this past offseason. And you decided with the one pick that you have in the first round that that's what you're going to do with it. And you have no cap space. No cap space. Can't do anything. You're locked in because you spent a gajillion dollars to try to fix a wide receiver room that, oh, by the way, is still a problem this year. Good thing they got Jabril Peppers and Ty Montgomery. And eight other safeties that they can run with. Got Malcolm Butler out of retirement or whatever the hell happened there. All right. So what are the closing thoughts here? Uh, I'll I'll just kind of go something off the record here because I've I've been on on Twitter uh, a bit on what day is this Friday morning, and um, Cowboys fans are feeling some type of way about Tyler Smith and and not that I want to sit here and be the uh, the counselor. Did you for, see the list though? Did you see the list? I did. Jerry showed everybody. So, so they, yeah, they weren't going to take those other two right. Guys. They weren't going to take Tyler Smith. I think Tyler Smith has an incredibly high ceiling. One of the youngest players in this draft. I like that they prioritize this offensive line. I'll never understand the, the decision to move on from Lyle Collins because you'd love to just have Lyle Collins as well in addition finances. to Tyler Smith. Those finances. Yeah, okay. But um, um, I, this guy has an extremely high ceiling. And, and so one of the youngest players in the draft, extremely physically gifted. And so for, for Dallas, while I think some of the fans are really having a hard time processing, I'm here to tell you that I like to pick a ton. I think that's fair. You know, it's it's. We joked about they they got a holding quota to meet, right? With Connor Williams right. left, and he potentially get, get there. in the same spot. Tyler Smith has an incredibly high ceiling as an offensive lineman, and he brings the right demeanor. So I think that that's what you cling to, and you see where he ends up landing as far as a projection for a starting role, and and you can go from there. Um, kudos to the NFL for showing some discipline regarding quarterbacks. Yeah, I know that was a big talking point for us yesterday, but you know. Only one quarterback drafted in the top 32, and I think you liken this to the 2013 class. Yeah, that's exactly it. So, I mean, that's, that's none in the top 19 picks. We thought, hey, we might get some trade-ups here. Teams get anxious. Nobody got anxious. Now I'll be interested to see if they start coming off like hotcakes today <laughs> because a lot of those teams who were bad teams or might not have definite answers – they're up towards the top portion here in the second round. And you've now got a night to reset your deck. Does somebody come out swinging and go get a guy and try and jump Minnesota? And does somebody try and get Tampa Bay out of that spot at 33? It'll be fun to watch. But uh, we'll be watching. We'll be live. we got the draft show, YouTube and Twitter, the Draft Network. Make sure you check it out. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. Thanks to our friends at Bet Online for their continued support of the show. And thanks to all of you for listening. Talk to you again on Monday for another episode of Draft Dudes. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.